that's us recording, I think. Do we need to do 1098 or anything? No, not for this one. You said it last recording. It does look terribly professional when you say it. <laughs> so here I am, fresh from the gym. Happy allow, New Year to you. Allow me to be the first to wish you the very happiest of Happy New Years. You're not. I've had loads of Happy New Years. And actually, from love, our lovely listeners on Twitter and email and stuff like that. So that's gorgeous. Thank you all. Are you saying that I, I didn't actually send you a Happy New Year greeting on New Year's Eve or oh. whatever? Well, I got a dick pic. Was it you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell. Did you recognise it? It's very small. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. Let me just put it out there for the record. There were no DPs. To, it was more falling asleep on the sofa kind of New Year for me. <laughs> and now I'm down the gym with a cold. <coughs> oh, and Ben's got COVID, everyone. I haven't, actually. He told me not to cough and splutter. I've still got the bitter taste of failure in my mouth. Oh, good. Don't let it leave. Keeps you motivated. <laughs> Look, got a box of I, tissues I, to hand. I can still sniff out a phony. <laughs> I can sniff out a phono. <laughs> and... What I, what I also know is what we're going to talk about today. Oh, by but the who way, are you? <laughs> and who are we and what are we doing here? Actually, do you know what? I, I can't even say this anymore. I used to, for the whole of the last year, I introduced myself by saying, I'm Ben Ando, I'm a former BBC reporter. And although that's not strictly untrue, it's actually now over a year since I left the BBC. And in a way that after a year, people who've got married can no longer be referred to as newlyweds. Oh, really? I mean, yeah, that's, that? that's a weird thing to know. Um, <clears throat> I, I think the ex-Mrs. A told me about a year after we were married. Back in <laughs> I bet she did. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> in the same way that newlyweds can't do that, I'm not entirely sure I should keep trying to milk the BBC thing because that's gone, that's done. It's over a year ago. The thing now. is, They're it's quite relevant. It's much more relevant than all the nothing you do now. But, okay, but, but, but then maybe that's why people shouldn't listen to me then because I'm just a nothing. Oh, well, that'll tell us well then, won't it? No, the thing is, though, how many years were you at the BBC for? OK, I was at the BBC for 15 years. I was at ITN for 11 years. I was at the wonderful Radio Trent in Nottingham for three years. How long were you at Hot FM for? And I was at North Ants Radio, the Hot FM, for one year. In total, I did 31, nearly 32 years as a reporter. Well... It's really quite relevant to a true crime podcast. Yeah, okay. Or vidcast. Who I am. Yeah. Who am I? I'm Victoria Mitzi. I still count myself as a journalist, even though I pootle around and have to do other stuff for money. But once a journalist, always a journalist, I think. Look at how nosy you are. Yeah, that's true. I'm very, very nosy. And I do still write. That's a fair point. All journalists are completely insane, psychopathic tendencies and very nosy. So yeah, yeah. you can't really change from that. Do, have you seen that thing? There's one of those um, viral thingy-majiggies putting a newsreader in a job interview and they, they sit down and they go, are you doing the finger at me there? <laughs> I can spot it. I can spot it a mile off. Notice. <laughs> um, and the, the newsreader sits down and goes, hi, <laughs> it's 12.22. <12 laughs> <laughs> and they just can't stop the newsreader from talking like that. That's journalists. They just can't stop. Yeah. 
journalists and also all journalists, I think, are cripplingly unself-aware. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> Especially anyway. when they love a bit of self-promotion. And that's us, really. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. What are we talking about today? We're talking about death row a bit, because something's yeah. uh, cropped up about that. Um, a bit of uh, Jizzy, Gislaine. Jizzy Rascal. Jizzy, Jizzy Rascal Maxwell, um, because actually some of you listening and watching this know that uh, she has been refused bail and it rumbles on, because um, of course we're across that one and have been right since the Jeffrey Epstein days. Um, also a French rave, which has been going on till literally a couple of hours ago, it's been finally stopped. Illegal rave. We'll talk about that because we love things like that, don't we? Ben wanted to go to the illegal rave, didn't you, Ben? <laughs> I can assure you my raving days are long gone. Oh, I don't know. Start raving mad. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> and some surprises from 2020, weren't we? Things that surprised us. Yeah, just a few little looking as 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 I mean, twenty twenty. Let's face it, was a shitstorm of a year, which nobody was happy about. We're just going to do a little bit. I of, really enjoyed um, my twenty twenty. I thought it was brilliant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're just going to do a little bit of a look back at some of the things that made us, I don't know, chuckle or whatever during twenty twenty. As we surge forward into twenty twenty one. Oh, and the biggest surprise, Ben sitting there. Hey, aren't we doing a Zoom? Aren't we going to record this visually? I was like, I just got back from the, from the gym. All right, Ben. Hang on, All right, I... Ben. What tier are you in? Sorry? What tier are you in? Tier, that's a good question. Tier three now. Fuck, I can't believe that. I didn't think you, anybody could go to the gym. I can't go I've to said the gym. I've been to the gym how many times? I know, and I've just thought about it because I don't really listen to you very often. Um, I'm a bit pissed off now because I would really love to go to the gym, but I'm in tears thinking. Didn't for. let me finish, and now it's time to go. Have you heard that jingle of ours on our podcast? You yeah? sing me one of I just sang it. You didn't let me finish, and now it's time to go. That's the end <laughs> of it. And that's in a Scottish accent. It has to be in a Scottish accent, but I didn't do what? that. Oh, no, don't tell me. What, what? People... What's my postcode? PL6 is Plymouth. Oh, yeah, there we go. Can I just say, the gyms are still open, no classes, but uh, uh, it's a bit of an astonishing flaunting of the rules everywhere. Oh, leisure facilities like gyms and circles are open. Yeah, you're in tier three. Fuck, that's, you're so lucky. I'm really chewing my lip with envy now. Well, that's why I look so smelly, because I've just come back from the gym. And you wanted me to go, I thought I had the anonymity of audio. Lady Gislaine Maxwell didn't get her, well, socialite Gislaine Maxwell was refused a $28.5 million bail package by a US judge. Why is that, Ben? The judge in New York said that Gislaine, who is awaiting trial on sex crime charges, poses a flight risk, and the offer did not assure her appearance of future hearings. It's the second time she's been denied bail. And I think what's interesting about that is that um, she's probably not used to being told no about anything and actually being denied bail twice in a row probably sticks in her well, claw. Maybe she is, and that's why she's so used to fleeing. Yeah, maybe. Because she just I mean, doesn't... She... I think there's the difference that she just doesn't hear no. 
It's, it, it still makes me chuckle. I'm reading now from the, the BBC's website, actually. It says, she has been in jail in Brooklyn, New York City, since she was arrested in July 2020 at her secluded mansion in the state of New Hampshire. This is her own house. Lawyers suggested she had been hiding out at the mansion. It's like, who, you know, unless she's got some kind of secret cupboard under the stairs, nobody hides at their own house. It just suggests that, you know... I do. Federal... I sometimes have to hide in the loo so that I can't be got by everyone. Where's this? What's in that cupboard? Why can't I find this? Like I'm the Chronicle. So maybe she feels like me. Chronicle? Is that the right word? Is that what you're saying while you're sitting in the loo? Why can't I I'm not saying it? anything. I'm not saying anything. I'm, I'm a fugitive. A lugitive. A pugitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, I've got all this stuff about her offering to pay for guards to stop her fleeing from her own home. Thing is, you can't... Is it fair to be on the bail list because all your mates can trump up a humongous amount of bail. So what is it with bail that they stack it up just to stop you from being able to afford it? But with someone like her, isn't that shit really? Because she can just get around it. But there's no bail, exactly. And that's why they haven't given her bail because they judge probably rightly that there's no amount of bail that would be enough to mean that she couldn't afford to flee. So that's yes, exactly well. Perfect. Good. Anyway, what I so her lawyers, her lawyers, objected to her prison conditions, saying she was subject to invasive searches, and that guards disturbed her every fifteen minutes to check she was still alive. Oh well, maybe so, yeah. Having to go through cavity searches every quarter of an hour. <laughs> Some people might like that. <laughs> No wonder she's there worried she's going to flee. Who wouldn't want to flee that? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? I mean, this story gets crazier and crazier. It's a bit like the Depp story. It doesn't say whether the judges, whether the, um, the, the, the guards that she was going to have at her own house to prevent her escaping would also be um, carrying out cavity searches. Yeah, I bet, she, I bet she got only the ones that she wanted to, to do the cavity searches <laughs> at her house. Uh, you, you and you. You had to do cavity search auditions. <laughs> what, what classifies as a it, cavity search? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I kind of answered my own question oh. there. Cavity? Oh. <laughs> There's no one like my cavity. <laughs> my cavity's not there. <laughs> There's no hole like my cavity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got our first fnarf nar of... I can't say 2021, that's a bit weird. 2021's a bit weird. It doesn't trip off the tongue, does it? Are you already feeling weird? Yeah. No, no, 2021 doesn't trip off the tongue. (laughs) I think it literally just did. (laughs) Oh my God, you're faster than me today because I've got a stinking cold and I can't think. Right, bye, let's binge, Lane. Put it on the cold. Oh, are we going to... OK, without boring everyone to tears, we're going we're gonna to tickle your fancy with Brexit today. Oh, God. But first... I hate Brexit. What a fucking stupid Lisa idea. Lisa Montgomery, I'm sure that rings a bell with some of you guys. Only woman yeah. on US federal death row to face execution. 
I mean, to be fair, I, I'm just looking at this photo of her on, on a Reuters photo of her. Okay. And she clearly appears to have no discernible chin whatsoever. Is that what it is? I never understand when people have no chin because I think, oh, there's something there, but I don't understand what's missing. She's got um, a Div 2 chin, which is like no chin whatsoever. A tier t- t- 2. Her lower lip basically just sticks out and then extends straight down into her neck. Well, she did awful things. I'll tell you what, they couldn't hang her. The noose would just slip off. (laughs) Well, I think it's going to be electrocution, isn't it? Uh, Is it? Hang on. Where is she being... So, a US appeals court's lifted a stay of execution on the only woman awaiting a federal death penalty. Lisa Montgomery strangled a pregnant woman in Missouri before cutting out and kidnapping the baby in 2004. If the execution goes ahead, she'll be the first female federal inmate to be put to death in almost 70 years. Montgomery's execution date was originally set for last month, but a stay was put in place. That's what I need to ask you, Ben, after her attorney's... uh, contracted, oh, after her attorneys contracted COVID-19. Didn't know that bit. What's a stay put in place? A stay? It's, it's when they halt the execution for... Oh, that's just le- it. Okay. It's not very um, clear for people who don't know things like that, I think. Okay, it's then rescheduled for 12th of January by Justice Department. Montgomery's lawyers argued that the date could not be set while a stay was in place. Okay. So it's hovering, is it? Yeah. So, so in essence, she, her lawyers say that she has been diagnosed with various serious mental illnesses, which stem from a history of abuse. Um, and that for that reason, she was not of sound mind when she committed this absolutely hideous crime. I mean, she, hideous. she murdered a pregnant woman and then cut out that pregnant woman's eight month fetus and claimed it was her own child. It, it can't. It's beggar's belief. It does beggar belief, yes. I mean, that, that one stopped you in your tracks. <laughs> Don't say things like that, just because you can see my gormless face. <laughs> anyway, so, so she, I mean, it's a heinous, heinous crime. It was an awful, awful crime. Um, all the appeals that she has attempted or her legal people have attempted have now been rejected. Now, Donald did, Trump... Did you know? Yeah, you're just getting on to that bit. Go on. Well, Donald Trump, the outgoing president, um, has ordered that I think uh, more than a dozen executions that were scheduled take place before he leaves office. Now, this is a massive change to normal procedure because normally it's accepted that once a president has lost the popular vote and lost the election, which happened in November, of course, that kind of um, doesn't mean they no longer have a mandate to order people put to death. And they, they, it's every single president until now has halted death sentences pending the arrival of a new president with his authority or her authority um, to, well, there isn't, hasn't been a her, of course, his authority to, um, to, to carry out these sentences. But t- Trump is pushing ahead with a, variety, with a number of death sentences, including the one to Lisa Montgomery. Now, the only thing that's still available to her is clemency. Now, clemency is not something like a pardon. Clemency is purely where a governor, a president, or an administrative board can um, halt an execution purely on the basis of showing mercy to the accused. Oh. That could still happen. Does that happen? 
It could do, it could do. Now, she is scheduled to be put to death in January, and she is scheduled, I think, to be put to death just a couple of days before Joe Biden is actually sworn in as the new president. Um, I'm not sure what date that is. If it's rescheduled for the 12th of January, then yeah. it'd be around so, the 14th. Yeah, that's right. So, time for my birthday. January, and Biden is due to be sworn in a few days after that, I think. Oh, my birthday, I hope so. <laughs> what her execution or Biden being oh no <laughs> yeah, I love an execution on my birthday another candle to blow out thank you Santa <laughs> so I mean I th the thing is I suppose we all find the death penalty and execution fascinating well, obviously we don't have it in the UK thank goodness um, although I did read recently that Pretty Patel has been looking at consulting on the possibility of reintroducing it in the UK oh, she, should be a bit, she should be a bit careful well, I mean, I'm pretty pissed off with Britain anyway with this whole Brexit. And so if that happens, I think I'll be fucking off to Italy to live with the rest of my family. Yeah, well, if not... you told me you were too lazy to look into getting your passport. So yeah. what do you want? No, you're right. I, well, I, have I consider myself British. I like Britain. I love being here. And until very recently, I felt really proud of Britain. Now I don't so much. But um, that's by the by. Shall, um, we, but... shall we use that? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Carry on, carry on. Let you finish. Oh, go, go, go. If Britain becomes a country that not only wants to cut itself off from Europe, you know, and sort of no longer be closely linked with our closest trading partner, but also wants to become a country that reinstates the death penalty, then that really is barbaric. And I just would not, that wouldn't be the country that I recognise. Says the man who watches beheading videos in his spare time. Yeah, part of my job, I used to. I haven't watched one since I left the BBC. I love winding you up on that one. It always works. Well, I mean, I don't mind watching beheading videos. They're part of what you need to do sometimes as a journalist. It's not always pretty. I mean, it's not, you know, not always very, pretty Patel. I'd say very few beheading videos are pretty, actually. Mm, mine would be. I've got a really good long neck. Yeah, you'd be a, you'd be a beheader's dream. <laughs> I know. You'd love to see me beheaded. <laughs> right. That segues us on quite nicely into things that are going to change with Brexit, just the interesting things and the things that we care about. Because I don't know about you, but when I see Brexit, I just see reams. I mean, I know that other people have seen a few reams of paperwork when it's come to <laughs> these um, changes. But in practicalities, what are you going to have to... How's it affecting your life, Ben? Okay, so a couple of ways. I mean, I, obviously, I want to go and see my folks in Italy, and now I'm going to have to ball ache around health insurance and all that sort of shit. Um, I'll probably have to queue for longer at the airport, but that's fairly trivial. The other thing is, as, as you know, I have a small little business importing collectibles and we have lots of customers in Europe and you, I used to just put them in an envelope, take the post office and that was it, job done. Now I'm having to sort of fill in customers' forms and all this bollocks. So it's just, it's just adding ball ache. All that Brexit has done, as far as I can tell, is add ball ache. It hasn't improved anything. There's, let's face it, there's not going to be extra money for the NHS. If anybody thought there was, they're kidding themselves. Um, I think they might, might have realised that. Yeah. No. It might possibly improve um, some issues around things like uh, intellectual property and things like that, where Britain can maybe go its own way and be a bit less restrictive than Europe. I know that some areas around technology... European legislation has been quite restrictive, which is one reason why sort of Silicon Valley in the States has been able to advance ahead of Europe, despite us having equally good brains. But beyond that, all it is is just festering ball ache after festering ball ache. But never mind, it is what it is, it's done now. 
Well, perhaps it'd be a bit harder for us to join in French raves. What do you think? Yeah, sorry, I was talking at the same time as you. It's quite interesting watching your lips move but not being able to hear what you're saying because if <laughs> I've realised this is great part of Zoom, but it just lets me listen to myself. <laughs> I just said to you, how is Brexit going to affect you when you can... When you can <laughs> I just said to you, how is Brexit going to affect you when you can just fuck off to Holland anyway? I'm fucking up to Holland, I'm fucking up to Holland. <laughs> You didn't let me finish, and now it's time to go. <laughs> I made sure that I had my nationality in the, you know, in the run-up to this. Everyone's got to stop being so lazy. Yeah, okay. Well, I know I am very lazy. How is it going to affect immigration here? And what, what are the pain in the ass things? Okay, you have to do a lot of paperwork to post stuff. Yeah. But okay, what are the... Holidays. It's going to affect yeah. holidays and I'm not going to wait in queues. And then if I go with friends, they will have to. Yeah. If you go on holiday, you're going to have to queue at passport control. If you go on holiday, you need to sort out health insurance as well as travel insurance because you're no longer covered by the, um, what, what, what was that um, little card we used to have? Oh, EHIC. Yeah, yeah EHIC, that's it. EHIC. No longer covered by that. It's just, it's just one ball ache after another. It really is. But there's, yes. Hang on, there's like after the other and actually i think the people it'll be the very people who were supporting brexit who will be hit by it in practical terms oh there's going to be limit okay duty free do you remember duty you used to free? Go to yes right well do you remember you used to go on booze cruises to france to, and you could bring back as much booze as you, could carry? you used to smoke didn't you i did yeah how happy yeah, were I'm... you coming back from duty free with the big boxes of fags yeah but the thing is all you could bring back was 200 you were limited and then when we, at the end of the EU, it became unlimited. And so people going on booze cruises to France and going yeah. to supermarkets and hypermarkets and bringing back carfuls and bandfuls of booze. That's all gone. We're back to having limits now. Um, admittedly, they're quite high. You can bring back 18 litres of wine and 42 litres of beer. Well, that was my New Year's resolution to start smoking again. So maybe I won't. Uh, uh, uh. All right. Is that enough Brexit? Yeah, I'm bored of it. I just wanted to have a bit of... Yeah, I was bored of it to start with, but um, I just think it's quite interesting the way it's materialising now it's actually happened. Yeah. So, let's talk about naughty people at raves. Oh, yeah, that's funny. France's COVID curfew-busting rave finally busted. It was in direct <laughs> violation of protocols to slow the spread of coronavirus. More than 1,200 people have been fined for not respecting... Where are they? Northwestern France. They're at Luron near Rennes in Brittany. And what I love is the way that some of them apparently were saying they planned to party until Tuesday. I mean, hang on. So New Year's Eve was Thursday night into Friday. I know. Encore du party. Well, sorry, but even when I was a young... I mean, I'm a very, very old person now. But even when I was oh, a young... Oh, yes, you are. Partying for what? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, five days straight would have just filled me with dread. I'd have been like, oh God, look, I've, had, I've been at this party for about five hours now. I've had enough. I want to go home. I want, some, I want a bag of chips or a kebab and I want to go home. Yeah. Shout. Why is it saying now that, hang on, it said more than two, okay, so there were 1,200 people, the interior minister said, but this rave had 2,500. Well, Spain. Well, thousands of people are partying in France. But do you know what I find quite strange? Is it because they don't care about catching... I know this is a bit of a naive question, but if you're young and you catch COVID, because you've said that to me when I've said about going into work, 
you were like, well, so what? You get COVID. You're young and healthy and that's okay. Listen to me now. Dying, but not of COVID. Unfortunately, I I didn't have a temperature, so I had to go into work. On the BBC website, there's a photo of a young woman with sort of like a big puffer jacket, a multicoloured scarf and pink hair being apparently questioned by two cops. And one of them, it just says Gendarmerie Nationale on the back of his jacket. The other one, it says Gendarmerie Brigade de Recherches. Now, I thought recherche meant sort of weird or odd or strange. Who does it? It's like he's a part of the, 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 the weird brigade of the police. We should get some of them. I'd love to be in the weird brigade. It's or all the, right, the, Ben. I think you're there. Or the odd patrol. How about the the odd YTLMF patrol? brigade is the weird brigade. That the weird, that's the odd patrol. Well, I know that because people who start to um, make contact with us are definitely tainted odd. by the weird brush. And I feel <laughs> right at home. <laughs> well, they've had the weird brush on their taint. Local. I, every time I... I can't say that word without you. You're such a sort of parent, really. <laughs> You, <laughs> Mr. Parent Daddy. Right. Um, local gendarmes said they tried to... Said they tried to face... Oh, yeah, they tried to break up the party. Faced fierce hostility from many partygoers. Oh, no! No, no, no! You break it up, you guys! Oh, no, we party on. Encore une fois. I read this sentence, which made me chuckle. It said, police tried to stop the event, faced fierce hostility from many partygoers. And it says, a driver was apprehended with turntables, speakers, and a generator. And I read that and thought he was like, they threw turntables and speakers to stop. <laughs> at him. Presta says he's in the like, boot of his vehicle. Like a board rubber at school when you were talking. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> did you, what did you get thrown at you by at school? I bet you were a naughty one. A human beatbox. I got thrown at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> so a person. Because every rave will always have a human beatbox there. Go on, hey, do hey. it. You want to do human... Men are obsessed with human beatboxing. I hate them. They're awful, though, aren't they? <laughs> do you remember that one at Shepherd's Bush Station? I do. I do. That was... A, that was that. I remember as we, we, when we were talking about it. We'd actually walk towards it. Our faces would go like this. <laughs> and then we'd go, should we walk around? Because it's a bit noisy. This is like two deaf people. <laughs> okay. Right. That's that done. What surprises did we have in 2020? Would you want to go first or do you want me to start? Oh, I just wanted to say that I've, I'm really excited by the fact that I'm now in Plymouth where we, we could have gone to the continent by ferry but the ferries go to dun, 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 Brittany. So this rave was basically inviting, if I would have known about it, I could have hopped on the ferry, except I am a bit ill. So maybe it's not a good idea with a four-year-old. Um, there um, you go. I just want to say the ferry fact, because I should make the most of that. I'm trying to find a way to incorporate it into travels so that I don't have to go on a plane. I think planes are incredibly unsafe at the moment. Why? I don't want to be in a confined space with an air conditioning unit recycling air. Do you fancy that? I wouldn't care, to be honest. No, oh, look at you. I don't care. I mean, if you're going to get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Unless you're very old, grotesquely fat, or you've got like... Well, that's you done for. <laughs> <laughs> or you've got a 
guns, then you, you get it. You have a cough for a few days. It might be a bit nasty, but the bottom line is you'll be all right at the end of the day. Okay. This is the man who said we were going to keep it down to 45 minutes. What time is it? Well, we've been talking for 35 minutes. so we oh, have you have. Right. I think we've covered everything we wanted to cover, except the surprises, the things that took us aback. Your surprise first. Your surprise My surprise first. was of the guests that we had. I know you're going to talk about Ali Livingston, and I wanted to talk about him, so maybe I'll jump on uh, the bandwagon with that. But the first one, DCI Colin Sutton, who apprehended... <laughs> I'm going to ignore you. Who apprehended the Night Stalker, Delroy Grant. That he was so calm... And I thought also he um, he nabbed Levi Belfield as well. And I, I said to him, did you ever take, you know, did anything ever give you flashbacks when you had to, you know, investigate these heinous crimes that, you know, certainly Delroy Grant, you know, raping and stealing from elderly people who were so, they they were not, wanting to bother the police and come forward. So a lot of them stayed anonymous, but just hundreds of crimes over a long, long period of time. And finding out about those kind of things, and he left the job at work, that really taught me something. I think that that's quite a healthy thing to do, although maybe it does catch up with you in the end. So however calm he was, was really quite impressive and I think it really helped him in doing his job so well which he did to catch those two another one Mark Williams Thomas probably the other end of the spectrum so he came and joined us right at the beginning of the podcast and um his he liked saying MO his modus operandi was one of really getting involved with the families of the victims for example and one of them Jessie Earl, who disappeared when she was 22 in May 1980, she had her wrists tied with a bra, and that's the named, that's the title of our podcast from the interview. But Mark Williams Thomas has just gone all out to help her parents, John and Valerie, and, you know, forged a, a close relationship with them and helped the campaign to the Attorney General about the case, saying, if you have your wrist tied with a bra, can you really record... What was the technical term for it? Open verdict. Open verdict. And um, no. not find anybody guilty. Um, to be fair, when they found the body of Jessie mm. Earl, nine years between her disappearing and the body being found, mm. and obviously when she A first beachy head, wasn't it? Verdict was recorded because there was, um, the, the body was very badly decomposed, of course, of the period of time that had gone by. But then when the Sussex police reinvestigated, they declared it a case of murder. Right. But there's be, nobody's been found guilty of the murder, uh, presumably because of the status of the outcome. Yeah, I mean, there was no evidence there and they did, uh, clearly haven't been able to... Um, uh, you know, find any kind of reason to link it to anybody, as, as we know. Well, from Mark Williams-Thomas Mark. would contest that, but I mean, the details in... in Thomas believes that it was carried out by um, Peter Tobin. We always have a bit of a tip of the tongue, Tobin, there, don't we? Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, I don't want to go too much into the detail of the case, but um, I find it interesting how he really gets behind people and becomes quite emotive about the cases. And it certainly helps him keep them alive because he's very persistent yeah. and energetic about it. So he was a great guest for that reason, yeah. amongst others. I knew Ali Livingston because, of course, having helped him with his book, but just hearing him talk about how he'd 
you know, got over his uh, mental breakdown and sort of fought his way back to mental health and now got himself a job working in a school in pastoral care. I, that, that was really, I think that was an eye-opener to me as well about how, you know, the stresses of being a police officer and um, can just suddenly catch up with you, can suddenly just, you know, you go from being somebody who thinks they're totally in control of themselves and of their life to being, you know, to being not, not in control. And I, I thought that was really interesting. And that, that was yeah. a big surprise. Well, one step further in that he actually admits it and he came, you know, he, from having to do your job like that, which must involve a lot of suppressing of emotions. So maybe from the Colin Sutton extreme, you know, to the other side of things that he had to open the floodgates in order to admit that he was struggling. Um, that's kind of a surprise for me to go from super cop to somebody saying, look, it's affecting my mental health. That's, and that's, like business, it takes the strength. Um, we have lived <laughs> in a sort of a, a culture where certain jobs, and I would include the police in this, are sort of perceived as being macho and where people don't talk about how it might impact on them or tend not to. And I think for someone like Alistair to take the initiative in that way and be open about it, you know, that, that is the, the sort of thing that will um, slowly change attitudes and, and maybe make it make the whole profession um, a, a more healthy profession for people to choose in terms of their mental health from super cop to super aware cop well, i commend good. him for that good okay, no it takes then. it takes some guts to do that i thought so let's well done ali 21 that's what let's hear it for let's, 2021 here we are we're in the new year new year new you oh yeah and you wanted to tell us about your christmas presents then we can all go home the most exciting Christmas present I got was a, a dishwashing one. That, and that just about sums up 2020 for me. Is that a one that you wave and then the dishes are done? Oh, I wish. No, it's, um, it's one of those fancy ones. It's, or is that it's a got, wife? It's got like a replaceable head and then the, the um, handle is hollow and you undo the cap and you put washing liquid in, you screw it up again. Then when you wash, the washing liquid sort of self-dispenses. That's basically the... like one of those 299ers from Lidl. Yeah, and I'm very happy with mine, thank you. But it's designer. Well, I, I, it's and that's really... why you want to talk about it. No, God, really. I can't believe how fruity juju you've become. It, okay, I, don't, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was designer. It's just that it did come with a label that said Masterclass Dishwashing <laughs> on it. Well, is somebody thought... trying to make a comment about your washing up, Ando? Well, quite Or lack of. <laughs> Are you not a washer-upper? Maybe it's not the fact that I do it. It's the fact that I don't do it very well. I don't know. My mother used to get, well, that shows you, doesn't it, that her brothers used to tell her off for not doing the washing up properly. Her brothers did? <laughs> yes. So well, that's what happened in 1940s Holland when you weren't a good enough scullery maid. When that, was that when she had to go and polish the clogs? <laughs> I don't think that they would polish them because they would sort of, that, that side of the family were quite working class, I'd say. So the clogs stayed a bit scuffed because they were working the land. Oh, is that how you would sort of like define whether you were posh or not, whether your clogs were shiny? <laughs> well, hopefully, as long as you haven't popped them, <laughs> you're all right. I don't really know much. I did have a pair of clogs, but um, I've grown out of them. And now, of course, we're all, we're all wearing Crocs instead, aren't we, Ben? <laughs> Are we all wearing Crocs? Now Is we've got an doing? image of you from BBC correspondent to Croc-wielding, washing-up wand man. <laughs> I know, and, and life has never been better. Anyway, <laughs> on that note, I'll say goodbye. And a Happy New Year to you all. 
Oh, yes. And a happy new year to everybody who's been so nice to us, Ben. You're so crap at acknowledging all our lovely friends. Thank you to everybody who's been so nice to us. Yes, we love you very much. And um, yes, you didn't let me finish podcast at gmail.com. Should we get a new email for this year? (laughs) Go for it, by all means. All right. Bye. Bye.